0: Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbert.
1: And I'm Courtney Abrons.
0: And each week we bring you conservation topics and events from around the Endless Mountains. Well, over the past year we've covered several different topics and today we wanted to go back and we wanted to revisit some of those topics that left us wondering what exactly happened in certain situations. Uh, the first one we wanted to get to, if you remember last year, Right during the middle of the pandemic, we got some service bulletins, some announcements, some news came across the wire about mystery seeds. So let's focus on what exactly happened with those mystery seeds.
1: So apparently last summer, people were receiving shipments of just random seeds in their mailboxes. Stuff they never ordered just kind of showed up.
0: Yeah, I think um, even my aunt got some she had mentioned to me and wondered exactly what the deal was.
1: So I guess the USDA um, found out that there was no intentional harm associated with thousands of unsolicited mystery seeds. So after conducting an investigation, the agency recently announced that there was no evidence that senders were trying to damage or disrupt American agriculture with the shipments. The USDA actually believes that the packages were part of an internet brushing scam.
0: I had never heard of brushing before this.
1: Yeah, me either. I guess basically a brushing scam occurs when retailers ship cheap items in mass amounts to people who never ordered them, and the companies can then use all that shipping information to post online reviews to increase their online rating. So the more transactions a company completes, basically the higher their rating and the more likely their items will appear at the top of the search results on e-commerce websites. Interesting way of doing it, I guess. Yes. These mystery seeds started popping up in mailboxes across the U.S. last summer. They were also sent to people in Canada, New Zealand, and Europe. And I guess the USDA determined that the shipments came from China and various Central Asian countries.
0: Uh, As you might suspect, uh, a lot of people thought, including the USDA, that uh, these seeds would turn into invasive species. Uh, And if you remember, invasive species kind of harm the environment. They take over. Uh, the native species, uh, and basically ruin ecosystems in general. Uh, In response, state and federal agriculture departments ask anyone who received the packages not to plant them. But as you might expect, someone did plant them. Uh, His name was Doyle Crenshaw, he was out of Arkansas, and he either missed the memo or he just wanted to try it, Uh, but anyway, he did plant them. So last July, uh, Doyle revealed that while the plant, which has yet to be identified, uh, did grow and uh, produced white fruit and orange flowers, he didn't know exactly what kind it was and it still has yet to be determined. Um, But the satisfaction was short lived because Arkansas Department of Agriculture they ended up confiscating and burning those plants. So that's kind of the end of the story. That's what we know. Um, I think there's still some things that need to be determined about the species of plants that were sent. I'm sure there's an ongoing story.
1: So the next one we want to talk about is the cicada invasion. So if you remember about two months ago, we talked about the 17-year cicadas that were going to be coming during the month of June. Well, brood eggs came and went, and only their offspring were left behind. So after each female laid roughly 500 eggs, the little cicadas hatched and dropped to the ground, and they buried themselves again for 17 years. During the emergence this year, um, several news outlets were carrying a variety of interesting reports about the cicadas. There was actually a story out of Georgia. People were calling the local 911 center to report alarms going off but it was just the high-pitched sound the cicadas make, which is up to 100 decibels. Yeah,
0: I didn't realize it was that high of a pitch. I mean, I know we have some cicadas around here. I don't think I've ever heard them that loud. I don't think I've ever even heard one. I think it's past 85 decibels that you start um, risking hearing loss. So, Yeah.
1: Another story out of Ohio, um, it was reported that a man crashed his car after being hit in the face by a cicada kind of curious how that happened. Maybe he had the windows down and it flew in, or not sure. And as it turns out, even President Biden's plane was delayed due to cicadas making him a bit late to the G7 summit that was held last month. So, they're gone for now. You can look for the next broodex to arrive in the Northeast in 2038.
0: Alright, and then we want to talk about the mystery bird illness that's going on right now. Uh, last week, we actually covered the story. And um, just want to bring you some updates remember we're here to bring you news more or less about nature about the environment uh, not necessarily that we're experts per se we relay the news that the experts relay to us right, so as it turns out uh, the July 4th weekend was pretty busy and a lot of people were outside and they were observing this illness going on um, so we're up to roughly 1,600 reports now um, that have been reported online so in the Northeast region of the state there's actually 135 reports from 12 of the 13 counties in the region so that definitely reminds us to be on the lookout and also as we said last week you know it's taking those bird feeders down doing the bleach wash that type of thing, uh, and make sure you're reporting what you see in your backyard. Among the 1,600 reports in Pennsylvania, they estimate that roughly 25 to 30% are actually associated with the current mortality event. Um, From the update issued on the 8th of July, the event seems to be primarily targeting fledgling, common grackles, Uh, they mention Blue Jays, European Starlings, and American Robins. There really are no new developments on the diagnostic side, but there are several tests still pending at New Bolton Center and Penn State's Animal Diagnostic Laboratory. Pennsylvania Game Commission's still asking everyone to cease feeding birds until the mortality event has been solved. So spread the word. Um, that's what I was doing this weekend. I was doing some kayaking with some, some nature lovers who hadn't heard about this yet. And it's really letting your friends know Um, to take down the bird feeders. So uh, just remember to pass on the word.
1: So speaking of birds, the next one we wanted to talk about was the Great Backyard Bird Count that took place this past February. So the final results are in for it. Um, 2021 was an unprecedented year. They ended up having a great turnout. Many people stayed a little closer to home, but um, the Great Backyard Bird Count broke their record again for data collected. So just in a snapshot, There were roughly 6,500 different species of birds identified, 190 participating countries, almost 380,000 eBird checklists, and over 300,000 global participants. The United States and Canada had quite a few unique bird sightings, uh, mainly from species that usually reside further south, And there were also sightings of birds that are more commonly seen across the Atlantic, such as the brambling, the white wagtail, and the bar-tailed godwit. So there was a lot more um, really unique and interesting data recorded throughout the bird count. So if you're interested in learning more about the results, you can visit birdcount.org. They have some really cool graphs depicting the data that they got.
0: All right, so we do have some events we want to talk about. They're going on around the Endless Mountains. So the first up is an event at Salt Springs State Park, and it's this Saturday, July 17th at 10 a.m. to noon, and they're calling it the Archery for Beginners. So Salt Springs has offered the Beginners program based on the National Archery in Schools program, which really makes it easy for anyone to learn. And they provide the equipment, and you bring your focus and maybe someone else they mention that all ages are welcome, and this is really a great family activity. It's taught by Diane Hollyworth, and she's a NASP certified instructor. So the fee is five dollars per person and fifteen dollars for family. The next one we wanted to mention is over at NEPA Rail Trails, and they still have the Walking Mondays at 10 a.m. Uh, the dates here are the 19th and the 26th of this month. The next one is Biking Wednesdays at the Uniondale Trailhead at 5.30pm and that falls on July 21st and the 28th.
1: So the last event we have for you is Tunkhannock River Day and that will take place at Tunkhannock Riverside Park on Saturday, July 24th. It's from 1pm to 7pm. Admission is free and there will be live music, um, environmental activities for both children and adults a river paddle, a snakes of Pennsylvania presentation, live reptiles, and much more. So that would be a really cool one to check out.
0: Yeah, I'd like to check that one out myself. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org, You'll find our Conservation Corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out, you can ask questions, or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows.
1: You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze.
0: And I'm Don Hibbert saying, enjoy the outdoors!